we've been going through Acts and uh, just looking at some of the characteristics of the uh, New Testament church and what that looked like and uh, kind of felt a bit of a challenge when Peter said to me, I don't think there's any more preachers we can do out of Acts 2.42, kind of the end of the chapter. So I thought that was a challenge, so I rose to the challenge. So if you'd like to turn to Acts 2, and I'm talking on generosity this morning, and uh, generous churches change things. Churches that are generous and can, can make an effect and change community around them when they're generous. And Right here in Acts 2, we find that there's a generous church. This is kind of the blueprint of what church could be and should be perhaps like is here in Acts 2. Can you just put up the next slide? And uh, these are a few verses we're going to read. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles' And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved." I just think it's interesting that I think in this passage there's a link between their generosity and salvation. They were having such an effect on the people around them by their generosity, by the way they lived out their lives, that others saw something different. In their culture there was something that they'd not seen before. There was a model being placed before them they could see where we've not seen anything like this. Every man for himself. And I think that's true today. It's kind of every man for themselves, isn't it? And it's kind of get what we can and hold on to what we've got. We don't want to lose that. And yet, here there's a fresh model of generosity. And it's not been imposed upon them. It's not been this kind of a requirement that if you join this community of believers, suddenly you've got to give everything up and you've got to sell everything you've got because you've got to do that to be able to join. There was no kind of rule or regulation about this. It was a heart response to something God was doing by the Holy Spirit. It was even different to even before the Holy Spirit had been poured out in Acts 2. It was a whole fresh new day. And they were being very generous. And it was this response that actually saw many people come and say, well, whatever that is, I want to be part of that. Whatever I see happening there, it's a good thing, and I want to join to it. And the Holy Spirit was adding to them, because it was work of the Holy Spirit and seeing a whole new time, something different they'd not seen before. And I guess that, I mean, that would be my desire, is I want to see people who see something different and say, well, I want to belong to that. That's a different way of living life. That's a different way of doing life. I want, to, I want to do what they're doing. I want to get on board and see that and live that out and see people come. So when they, people see our generosity, questions will be asked. They'll say, well, what's different about you? You see, when, I, when people first find out I'm a Christian at work, 
because they have kind of a little bit of knowledge, perhaps, from their biblical days or whatever, one of the first things they say to me is, oh, so you've got to give, you've got to give all your money to the church then, don't you? Because you're a Christian. So you have to give all your money to the church. It's not true, of course, but that's how they perceive it. The church just want your money. Actually, it's not about that. It's about a heart response to something God's done in this person's life. And it's not that, but that's kind of what people see and perceive. And trying to kind of explain that can be quite interesting because you get all sorts of questions that come up on the back of that. And so it's, uh, but it's helpful to them to understand actually it's a response. And here was a response to God changing lives, to having people having their lives impacted, their sins forgiven, washed clean, part of a whole new community, was actually a generosity burst forth from them. And so too should it be today, that out of the people of God there should be a generosity that bursts forth. Now, I'm not preaching this because I think we're not a very generous church, because I think we're very generous. We have been a generous church over the years. It's been very much part of the foundation of who we are as a church, to be generous. And we've given away huge amounts of money from here to all kinds of things. But it's not, generosity is not just about money. And we get caught up in the money side of things. But having a generous spirit, having an open heart, is actually the key, is the important thing. And it's not just with money, but it's our time, it's of ourselves. It's sharing our possessions, not necessarily even giving them away, but actually even just sharing them. Holding our possessions lightly, that actually they're not necessarily ours, but we're stewards of those things that we can share with others. I have to say, Neil is a very generous man. Now, some of you may or may not know what kind of car he drives. But there are times when I get to drive it. And it's very nice. And we went down to a kind of regional leaders' day thing we had down in Coventry recently. And Neil was supposed to come, and he wasn't very well. But his text was, I can't come, I'm not very well, but you can use my car. So I said, thank you very much. (laughs) It's having a generous spirit. Being generous with what we have. By the way, Neil can borrow my car anytime he likes. <laughs> it's not quite as glamorous as his. It's a bit smaller, not quite as powerful. And it hasn't got leather seats either. <laughs> Sorry. But it's fun to drive. <laughs> Do your swap after the meeting. My keys are there. So out of this, I want to just kind of bring three points I just want to hone in on out of this passage and looking at generosity. Generosity demonstrates the heart of God and his love for us. When we're generous, we're showing what, just what God is like. He's a lavish God. He's a generous God. He's given generously to us. He's opened the way for us. He's made a way where we didn't deserve anything, but he made a way for us by being generous and giving his own son. That through him, we might have life. That we might be forgiven. That we might have relationship, intimacy with God. Because he was generous in that way. He didn't withhold his very best from us. And in Romans, it says, He who did not spare his own son 
but gave him up for us all, how will he not also in him graciously give us all things? So not only does he give us his son, there's a whole host of other things that God's going to be lavish with for us. We get his son who paid our price, the price for our sin on the cross, but then he gives us his Holy Spirit, and then he gives us all that we need for life and godliness. He equips us to do the things he's called us to do. He gives us our daily bread. He provides jobs. Just a great story of Rogers getting a job. And I think there's others here. You're holding out for something. I just feel God wants to encourage you today. He's got his hand on your life. He's got plans for you, yet not unfolded, not yet seen, but God's going to work it out for you. And we don't have to live in fear because God's got good things. God's got good things. And when Roger kind of told me he'd been offered this higher job, I wasn't I was expecting that. When you prophesy over somebody that God's got your job in hand, it's not quite what I was expecting. Kind of thought, well, get a job, and I don't think it's what Roger was expecting in that way. But uh, God's good. And God wants to bless us more than we expect. Our expectation level needs to rise a little bit. Because actually God wants to bless us more. We settle, I think, so often for less than God got planned. We settle for less than we think, if only that bit. And it's like the, the woman who went after Jesus for her healing and says, if only I can touch the hem of his garment. And she managed to do it. And she was healed. She got what she wanted. Her faith made her whole. But actually, she could have approached Jesus. The hem of garment was enough but actually, she had a right of access to Jesus, just like any one of us does. We have right of access to him, to ask for what we need. It says this in Matthew, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is heaven, give good things to those who ask? So how often do we ask for the good things? Not out of some kind of desire that I, and greed that I want something, but actually asking God, this is my situation, this is my need, would you, would you supply? Out of your riches in glory, would you supply in this? Would you meet this need? Would you help me in this situation? Knowing that we've got a Father in heaven who is lavish in all his ways. Knowing we've got one seat on the throne who has everything at his disposal, everything you need, he's sufficient to supply and more in every way. And if we know how to give good gifts, how much more does he? And yet, sometimes the Bible says we don't receive because we don't ask and we don't ask aright because we come out of maybe wrong motive. And I think if we've got that generous spirit within us, a generous heart within us, we can go to God and ask who is also generous. If we've got a meagre heart, if we've got a heart that wants to hold it for ourselves, wants to hang on to things, just wants this for us, then maybe not. We're asking in the wrong way. We're asking from a wrong motive. But having a generous heart, having a generous spirit is what God looks for. And it actually comes by the Spirit of God because what he's done in us, it's his very nature, the very nature of the Holy Spirit is to give and to be generous. The very nature of God is that. So that nature should be growing in us. And I remember years ago, God said to me and Sally, we're to hold things lightly. And sometimes when, you're, when things are tight, when we are, our kids were little and 
we were kind of mortgaged up to the hilt and you're kind of living kind of week, month by month thinking, hope the money lasts to the end of the month. And it's kind of things are tight. It, it, it's harder to be generous. It feels like it's harder to be generous. And yet we sought to be in that and we never, ever liked. And even when we went for a mortgage that we thought, that's beyond us right now. And it was kind of God telling us to move house and we were moving and it felt like things were going to be really tight. Within a month of us moving house, I got a promotion that more than covered what we needed. Because God provides. And God provides out of his generous heart. When we're following him and we're in obedience to him, God provides for us. So for us to be generous is to demonstrate the heart of God. When we're not generous, we're not. It's quite simple, isn't it, really? Kind of like simple preaching. God's desire is that we should lack no good thing. God's heart for us is that we should have everything we need and more. You see, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal kind of thing that was grace of God that was talked about was only the bit out of by grace you've been saved. The rest seems to be by lots of hard work, obeying rules and regulations sometimes, and kind of living that out. But actually, God says, no, my grace is sufficient for all your life. It's not just saved by grace. You live by grace. You live out of a generous heart of God, of a gracious heart of God, that actually God wants to not only supply our need, and it's not only when we're desperate, actually he supplies beyond that. And he blesses us beyond that when we're following him and we have the same heart within us, that generous spirit within us. Second point would be generosity shows our love for one another. It's expressed in loving one another. When you love someone, you're generous towards them. When you love someone, you're happy to share, you're happy to give, you're happy to um, them to be part of your life, be right involved in the things that you're involved in, be part of who you are when you love someone. And the community of believers in the early church shared everything together. Why? Because it demonstrated love for one another. It demonstrated God's love. He said, you, Jesus referred to this many times, you should love one another. Just as I have loved you, love one another. We're encouraged to do it. John's parting words before he died, when he wrote in uh, what? One John was, uh, love one another. If there's anything I'm going to leave with you, if there's any message I want you to really get on your heart is, love one another. That you love each other. And you demonstrate that by caring for one another. You demonstrate that by sharing life together. You demonstrate it by sharing what you have with one another. And even with the poor. Because Jesus said, it's actually how we show love to, back to God who loved us first. Is that actually when we gave water and we gave food and we gave clothing to one that had need. We demonstrate the love of the Father to one another. Generosity demonstrates it. The same love we receive from the Father is to be expressed in that same way by being generous and open. And uh, I, uh, I went back to Terry's book God's lavish grace. And to be honest, as I read the chapter again on just that, that, having that kind of generous heart, 
that's motivated by grace, I thought, actually, all I can do is just stand here and read you the chapter. Because it's so brilliant. You don't need to hear me talk. Just hear it from Terry. So if you've got this book, I want to really encourage you, go home and reread that chapter. Because you'll be blessed again. Just of the heart of God towards us. And how we can express that same heart. It's such an encouragement. It was brilliant. And I'm going to read from it. Got a couple of quotes from there in a moment. But just want to encourage you. If you haven't got the book, get the book. We've got some. You can come to us, ask us. If you haven't got it, we can get it for you. Because it's just such a wonderful chapter when we understand the grace of God that's on us to be generous. It's really important. Important aspect of what being church in a society like we're in today, where everybody's out for their own thing, where we live in such a materialistic society and everybody wants the next best thing. The next thing on. I think it's interesting these days that more cars are bought on these PCPs than they are by paying, going out and buying a brand new cash in hand or whatever, because actually everybody wants a brand new car every two or three years' time. So they do all this now. In fact, my wife's got one on the same deal, and we only have it two years, and they're chasing us up saying, have a new one. Come and swap it, trade it in for a new one. We've got it on a four-year deal, but have it on a two-year. Come and change it now. Come and have another new one. And we've not done that, but the offer's there all the time because everybody wants the next new thing. It's had a few upgrades. The model's had a few upgrades to the last one you had. Come and have a new one. And we kind of live in that society, but we can show something different. We can say something different to the community around us. We can speak something that says a different message. It says, actually, come and share what we have. Come and share this with us. Because actually, what we, what, what's ours is yours. And we want you to be part of it. And we want you to know it. We want you to know this grace and this love demonstrated in very real ways. Not just nice, fluffy talks and uh, nice, warm feelings. See, love is a choice. It's not a feeling. This kind of love is choice. God chose. In his love, it says, God so loved the world, he sent his only son. It was a choice. It was a choice that God made to love and to demonstrate that love. So too, should we make that choice to love and to demonstrate it to one another? The church understood that ultimately God owns everything. You remember some years ago, if you haven't seen it, we did, Neil showed the video of J. John doing God owns all the donuts. <laughs> he owns it all. God owns everything. Everything we have, God owns. And because of that, they were able to hold it in a proper way. And they were able to be generous with it and hold it with a loose hand, not a tight hand, not holding fast to their things, but being loose-handed with it, open-handed with the things they have, ready to share, ready to give away. Now, we're not, I'm not suggesting you go home and sell your houses and all your land and all your possessions that you give, but out of what God has given you, be generous with it. Share it. Open your homes. Share your, your possessions. If someone wants to borrow something, borrow it. Lend it. Let's be open with what we have, recognising it's all from him in the first place. They're encountering a radically generous God created a people who were radically generous to the point where they did sell everything. 
Right? May, there may be times when God asks us to sell something. When we're to give up something. But actually, we don't give up anything for God where he doesn't bless us twice as much. You can't give, outgive God no matter what you do. No matter what you do, you will never outgive God. Go and try it. See if you can. I guarantee you can't. Give it a go. See what happens. God's so generous that wherever we do anything that is generous and demonstrates his generous heart, he will bless us and will not lose out. He can't. And in John it says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love for one another demonstrates we're disciples of Jesus. Demonstrates who we're following. Demonstrates a different community, a different lifestyle. Communicates the love of the Father in a way of saying, what is this love you have for one another? I was talking with a colleague at work who's had some alcohol issues and uh, he went to a Christian retreat. He's not given his life to Jesus or anything like that yet, but he went away to a Christian retreat and he just said to me, he said, I saw something amongst that community of people that I've never seen. He said they were so generous. They were so open. And he said, and I don't know what it is, he says, but there's definitely a higher power. He said, because that addiction to alcohol has gone. <laughs> now he recognises it. I gave him the gospel. And somebody interrupted us. <laughs> but there's a demonstration that when we love one another, others will look on and say, what is all that about? What is that? What is that amongst you? When we, have, when we demonstrate it, it's not just a nice theory, some theological theory we've got, or some kind of strap line we have where we love one another, you know, churches have it, you know, our mission is to love God, love one another, love our city, love our town, whatever. It's not just some strap line, it's clearly demonstrated. And I want to encourage us to be those that clearly demonstrate this love for one another all kinds of ways, whether it's just a meal for somebody, inviting them out for a meal, taking a, taking a meal round, having a meal with them. Just simple ways we can demonstrate our love for one another. Really easy. It doesn't have to be the big thing. It can just be the small thing. Just the small thing can demonstrate our love for one another because it shows to the world the love of the Father. Generosity expresses, third thing is, expresses love for the lost, the poor, and the needy. There was lots of need around in the early church, and there's lots of need around today. It's no different. Jesus said, you'll always have the poor amongst you. There'll always be need there. Always be there. There'll never be a time when there's not a need that you'll come across. That won't be right on your doorstep, right near you. And we find here in this passage, particularly, that it was just happened all the time. And again, you find in Acts 4, 35, again, where they're, they're just generous with what they have because of the need around them. They don't shut themselves off from the need. They're not shutting themselves away and pretending like it doesn't exist. It's right there. And again, I want to say as a church, we've been good at it. We're not pretending it doesn't exist. 
We're meeting the needs of, excuse me, needs of the poor. We're reaching out to them. And you kind of always think, well, could we do more? Because the need is so great. Is there more we can do? And out of what we have, we do. And we will do more as we can out of what we have. But it demonstrates. And, and because of that, there's this link between people coming to faith because of seeing this demonstration of love. And I'm guessing that maybe in the early church, lots of church growth came amongst the poor because love was demonstrated to them most because that's where they needed it most. I want to say for us, maybe for us, that we're going to start seeing more and more of the poor and the needy come into faith as we demonstrate more of the love of God. That's my prayer. It's my prayer that we do. Jesus said, I've not come for the righteous. I've come for the unrighteous. I've come for those that are aware and know their need of a saviour. I've come for them that know their need and they're in a desperate place. Both physically, emotionally, and spiritually, they're in a desperate place and they need the love of the Father demonstrated to them. And we're doing that. And that's my prayer, that we would see. I'd love to write in our history and God added to our number daily. I'd love that to be written into our kind of history of this church, that God added to our number daily. Wouldn't you? Is that not a good prayer to pray? Can we just pray that now? Can we just pray that to God? Lord, we want to ask you. We want to ask you, Lord, that you would save the lost. As we reach out to them, Lord, through all our social action, Lord, for the poor and needy, Father, I want to pray, would you add to our number those who are being saved? That, Lord, there'd be a day when we could write it down that God started to add to our number daily those being saved. That, Lord, there were those that didn't know you, that were far off, that were in desperate need, and they needed a saviour, and you came to them. And you added to them. Lord, I pray for it. God, we want to ask you for it. We want to ask you for it, Lord, that we would see those being added to us. Lord, have those that are poor and needy, desperate need, Lord, we pray, as we serve them with meals, as we serve them with food parcels, as we serve them with helping them get out of debt, Lord, I want to ask that we would see salvation. People coming to faith in Jesus Christ, having their lives turned around, that they too, in turn, could then be generous. Father, we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. See, it was in the context of a devoted people. In this passage, we see not only are they devoted to um, teaching and to all the kind of spiritual stuff, but they devoted themselves to actually serving the poor. They devoted themselves to sharing with one another. These were all things that they were... Well, having a heart that's fully given and fully devoted is generous in every way. And it's not just about the nice spiritual stuff, the getting into worship and getting into the scriptures. It's about the whole package. It's about living life as a whole where they were generous. And I guess there's lots of churches today and uh, can so easily miss the opportunity to make a difference in their community can so easily just get on with our thing having nice church something we do on a Sunday morning fills our hour and a half upon a Sunday we've got some friends that we get together with in the week we can so easily miss the bigger picture of actually changing the community and society around us having a real effect that people look to us and start looking to the church 
And I'm hearing lots of stories. I mean, God's on the move in our nation. God's on the move. When we hear stories of churches now that didn't have very many, didn't have small congregations now growing because they're having impact in their community. Was there 160 added, uh, 1,600 added to a church in Manchester in the last 12 months? Another church had 70 added in the last 12 months. You know, we're saying, God, you're about a great work. These are local churches to us where God's increasing because they're impacting their communities. They're making a difference where they are. They're being different to what the society around them and they're making a difference to it. And uh, as Colin was telling us about this in Gordon where they've got this land, bought this land for a pound to build a church, a community centre, a doctor's and all that. And Colin said, when I first heard it, I kind of rubbished it a little bit. It wasn't quite what I thought. You know, I'm thinking, well, it's a great thing to have. God's going to give you that land for a pound, but we'll see. And God did. And then God did other miracles. And now they've got a developer on who's going to build them a load of houses and the profit from the houses will build everything else out of this land. We'll pay for everything. You see, when God's on it, things happen. When God's in the mix, things change. And we'll always have enough. And there'll always be enough. So we too want to affect where we are across the peaks here. We want to impact the Peak District with the gospel. We want to change people's lives. We want to change communities. We want to bring the gospel right in, that people with addictions will get free. You know, that's just one person I with. How many more is there that I don't know about, that you don't know about, that are just caught in addictions to all kinds of things, and yet they can see something different where they can be free and know the freedom of God and come into a different community. In fact, this guy, he went to a retreat couple of weeks ago to a monastery down in Colville somewhere and he said I was so impressed with these guys he said there's all kinds of people there from all walks of life and it was kind of an AA thing and he said did you know AA came was a Christian thing the church started it and I said yeah church started most things actually are good and uh, he went to this place and he said I was absolutely amazed he said they seem to live in this what seems to be a bit of a bubble this kind of community, he said, and yet they knew more about life, they understood more about the world than I ever have done. He said, they've just got something. And he was so moved by what they got. So I'm just praying, God, again, I want another opportunity. Because having told him the gospel, I want to give it him again, and I want to see him saved. <laughs> but his life's been impacted. Okay. So I quote you. Sorry, his book. You see, for all this, we need grace. For all that we're doing, to live like this, to live a generous life, it comes by grace. It's not by works. It's having a work of grace in our hearts that changes us. It's a work of God's grace that actually opens up our heart and opens up our hands to be loose and open-handed with all that we have. And Terry says this, grace also leads us into exciting adventure of faithful giving and of provide, and proving the goodness of God and his ability to always make grace abound to us so that we are always sufficient in every good work. Grace does it. The grace of God. And there's a great story in here, and I'm not going to read it to you because it's quite a long one, but it's just a great story of someone who 
but he's just willing to give. Willing to be obedient to God and seeing how much more. But the end of this story is this, that uh, God says, this person wrote, said, God took me out of my comfort zone and said, wouldn't it be fun to give more? And I believed him. See, God says it's fun to be open and to generous. It's fun to give. It's fun to open ourselves up. Because God says it's an adventure. When we trust God and we can be generous in that way, see what God can do and see what he'll do. You see, I'm not bothered about possessions. I want to see salvation. I'm not bothered about us having more, even as a church, having more. Actually, if our sowing does anything of everything we have, I want it to be that we, the result is salvation. That people are saved and added. And their lives are transformed. That's what I want to see. So in conclusion, God's looking for a grace-filled, generous people of his own. That demonstrates his love for us. That demonstrates our love for one another. That demonstrates his love for the lost, the poor and the needy. And that's what I'm praying for us, the church. That out of who we are, we can be generous. That we would be generous and that we would change the society around us. Now, when I came to this, and looking at this, I kind of changed what I was going to preach this week. Because we were thinking in light of a building and our planning applications in for change of use. And I believe God's on that. And God's on this. And this stories that God's in this along the way. And just one of our latest stories is that we were, our elders meeting a couple of weeks ago, the office phone rang, and it rang, and it rang persistently, and wouldn't stop ringing. And in the end, Neil got so fed up with the phone ringing, he said, I'm going to go and answer that, because we were just ignoring it. And he went to answer the phone, and the other end of the phone is co-op, local manager says, um, head office has asked me to ask local charities that we work with is there any white goods, kitchen stuff you need uh, at all? And kind of, well, yeah, actually, we're going for a billing. We're going to need all the kitchen stuff. Great, brilliant, I'll put you down for it. <laughs> you kind of think, hang on, I think God's in this. Why was the phone ringing so persistently? And I tell you, God's in this. Somehow, God's in this. And there's other stories along the way. As you know, we've shared some of them. We just feel that God's on our case. And even the, as we put in the uh, change of use, we had to do a, um, a report on traffic movements around the site and off the, road, off the main road and all that kind of thing. So we employed a consultant. Remember Harry Thompson worked here, worked for a consultant as a traffic engineer. And uh, so he put us in touch with the right people. We spoke to them. They just said, well, actually, we've just done one for another church in Loughborough. No problem, we'll do that. They've done it, and their, their line, that's the important line in their report, is there is no reason, from a traffic point of view, why this application should be refused. You think, God's on our side. God's on our side. And a couple of weeks ago, I was asked, somebody came to me and said, I presume we're going to have a gift day for this building at some point. And I kind of said, well, yeah, I guess we are at some point, Yes. We don't know the timing of that yet, but there's going to be a gift day. We think we need to raise £100,000. 
we want to do that well. We want to get that building right that we can really serve the community. We want to, and, and I just felt we were praying as elders and I, I saw, now it's really difficult, so, I'm not, so I don't want to put this on anybody, but I, I saw bank accounts with different amounts of money in and God saying, it's already there. I'm going to give it to you. Money's there. And I want to say that we are not looking to your bank account and your savings for the money we're looking to God. And God will stir the heart. God will make you a generous giver. And we give according to our, the heart that's in us to be generous. But we're looking to God who provides all our needs. And as I joked at the prayer meeting, that there's thousands of pounds down the back of your sofas that you know nothing about. God's going to supply. God's supplying the need. And I believe in And I wasn't... I, my, the first figure I had in my mind was about 30,000, 35,000. But I felt God just said, 100,000 pounds, I'm going to give it to you. So I'm laying that out in faith. Because I believe God is. I believe God's going to give it us. That we can do it well. And we can make a statement that actually we're here to serve this community. And we want to bless them. And we want to do things well. Out of a generous spirit. Not... You know, you go to some church things and church halls, and I have done over years, and it always kind of, you walk in sometimes, you think it's the, it's the worst of the worst. You know, it, it's got, all the stuff's got from a jumble sale. You know, furniture came from some kind of scrappy, and all that kind of, we, I don't believe that's the heart of God. God wants to say something, because he's generous with us, that we can be generous to others. And I just want to encourage us that we would have that heart within us to be a generous people. Because God will move your heart. And God will give the money and it will come through you. I'm not saying it's going to magic itself into our account for what we need. It's going to come through you, but God will give the money. God will provide. And it will come through you. All that we need. Are you believing God for that? God's with us. God's for us. And he's going to provide all we need. Let's stand together. I ask the band just to come back. We're going to sing a song just to finish with. But I, I really just want to just pray. I, this is a work of grace. So I just want to ask you, and if you want that work of grace in you, you, it may be that you're already generous, and I'm not saying any of you aren't, but actually I want to be more generous than I have been. I, I want to go on this fun roller coaster with God of being generous, of having a generous heart. And if that's you, I just want to ask you, would you want to lift your hands before God. just want to signal to God that we want to be a generous people who want to serve our community and change it for his glory. So, Lord, I ask you now, would you come on us? We're your people called by your name and we're called to a great work here in the peak. So, Lord, I ask you now, would you come on us? And I pray, God, that wherever we've got anything other than a generous heart, would you show us? And where we're already generous, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be willing to stretch ourselves even beyond where we've been before. That, God, you will put in such a generous heart that is your heart, that, Lord, by your grace right now, Lord, you'll increase to us your heart, that we might increase. That, Lord, the fruit of our labor here might increase. That, Lord, we might see salvation. Lord, as we 
Lord, move forward together, Lord, as we look to this building that you're providing, Lord, that you seem to be on so much, Lord. I want to pray, God, that, Lord, you will provide everything we need, that, Lord, we can really see your kingdom come and your will being done here to the glory of your name. So come on us now, Holy Spirit, I pray. Come on us, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray.